Are you a quirky comic geek with a supersized personality? Is there a comic-related item or retro pop culture collectible you've been longing to buy or sell? Now is the time to let all of your four-color dreams come true because Kevin Smith's Comic Book Men is looking for people to appear on season six of the hit series on AMC. Go to comicbookmencasting.com and apply. Adventures of Supergirl Radio, your source for the adventures of Supergirl digital comic based on the CW Supergirl TV series, even if the comic still says CBS. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. And we are going to discuss Adventures of Supergirl number 11, which was written by Sterling Gates and includes art by Emma Viacelli. The description for issue number 11 reads, quote, Kara's foster family is threatened by the diamond-hard former head of Fort Roz, unquote. So, Carly, I think you made a prediction last time that you thought Facet was going to come into the DEO and cause some trouble. It looks like that happened. What did you think about her, her big attack on the DEO? I was right. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was as soon as they started, as soon as... Uh, I don't know. Maybe Sterling Gates and I are one of you know similar minds. You, you you've you've asked for a lot of things, and then it just <laughs> happens to be there in the next issue. So I'm starting to wonder. I well, it's, I mean, I, I I mean, maybe I just picked up the hints, but you know, the real docs was messing with stuff two issues ago, and I was yeah. like, that's there's got to be a way. That's not arbitrary. Like that's that's there's a clear reason for this. So come to find out. Everybody that Kara's encountered is basically coming back up to to coming back up to be uh, causing a problem again. I knew it. I knew it was all connected. It had to be all connected somehow. <laughs> it's I'm like, all connected. I'm like a Supergirl conspiracy theorist. Like it's all connected. <laughs> um, they all want to ruin her life. No, but it's. I liked that she that she, I mean she was smart about it. She worked from inside. She recruited these, you know, former. I guess these guys are all former Fort Ross originally too, right? Former Fort Ross prisoners that escaped. She recruited these escapees, got them to work for her somehow, blackmailed them or through some other means, intimidation probably at least. I feel like she's very intimidating. Um, and is clearly doing all this for some purpose regarding Kara. I mean, it seems to me like she's trying to groom her or train her somehow and she's you know not only is she going after the do she's going after Kara's adoptive mother right which leads me to believe that she's trying to get rid 
of all of the important people in Kara's life. Oh, and like, like her, her earthly family too. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. she, like does Facet want to get rid of everybody important in Kara's life so that she can just mold her into the ultimate Kryptonian somehow? Mm. Like maybe she thinks that these earth factors are corrupting her or tainting her or making her less than making her somehow diminished in her potential. It's like a twisted, I don't know, Star Wars Sith Master kind of thing where it's like <laughs> you have to get rid of, you know, embrace the dark side and get rid of all your, like, all the people that you love in order to be the best, you know, most like, powerful version of yourself or whatever. Like, yeah. only true power, you know, you if you if you have to worry about people that you love and people that you care about, they're going to be distractions and you're not going to be able to realize, like, your true power as, you know, as a Kryptonian. That's my guess, is this is all some kind of twisted way of in her mind making Kara better yeah like she's doing it for her best interest for right. for her own good kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah I I think that that's probably some of it because I mean it's not like she wants to kill Supergirl she hasn't shown like she wants to do that but for some reason she is using some of these inmates to go after her family. Like, why is she going after Eliza Danvers? And I thought it was interesting in this issue, it sort of made more sense when Rampage, you know, she, she says all Danvers must die. Mm. And, and early on in adventures of Supergirl, we thought maybe that was just about Alex, but maybe that's also applying to Eliza, like all of the Danvers family must go away. So I I am very intrigued where this is going to go because, I mean, Supergirl's, her personal, her intimate family, these people who have adopted her on Earth, they are being threatened big time. So uh, I, I'm I'm very curious as to how Supergirl handles this with Facet and what, what ends up happening with Facet at the end. But uh, what I think, I thought was really... Uh, <laughs> Actually, kind of a relief for me in this issue was that Facet uh, spoke English. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, there was no translating that I had to do. Uh, and she kept, it was so funny, Facet, Facet, I think a couple of times in this issue, she yeah. was like, my English is spotty. And I was yep. like, yep. I, I, don't, I don't care if it's terrible English, you're speaking English. That's very <laughs> nice. Thank you for that yeah. break. Well, she said it in the DEO when she came over the feed, and then she said it to Eliza Danvers when she showed up at the house, which is, that was kind of funny. She's and, like, forgive me, my English is not great, but. <laughs> and honestly, her English was not bad. I mean, for, yeah. for someone, someone who was speaking, you know, Bridwell Kryptonese. Uh, just recently, she's do- she's doing fairly well, I think. She picked it up pretty quickly. So <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I was like, oh, I don't have to do any homework this issue. So that was very, very nice. Even though I like doing it, it was just kind of a nice change of pace to be able to just read it through in English and not have to decipher anything. So every now and then I like a little break. And you, you mentioned Facet comes through the monitors at the DEO, and I, I was laughing to myself because that has become something of a trend for Supergirl villains <laughs> because Livewire did it at CatCo. She was all up on the monitors in CatCo, and Indigo yep. was on the monitors at CatCo. <laughs> so Facet is number three 
of Supergirl villains who likes to use that as her way to threaten people. <laughs> so I, I just, I was like, this is, this is become, I'm sensing a pattern with these villains. Yeah. They like to use signals that only hurt Kryptonians and like, <laughs> or like in, or the vice versa, like impact humans, but don't hurt Kryptonians yeah. for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Supergirl was out for the count for a little bit in this, uh, because of the sound that was, uh, going through and, and she she was out but everybody else in the do had to fight so i, th- I thought that was a, a a good way a you a creative way to get supergirl kind of out so that everybody else had to take <laughs> take on rampage and alex is now having to face rampage uh, on her own so uh, i'm curious as to how that will all go down i feel like the danvers women are super strong and capable though. Like even though, even though facets with Eliza right now, I think something's going to happen where she's going to be able to get out of it. Like without maybe, maybe before Kara can even show up and help her. Yeah. And and we know that the Danvers, Jeremiah had a very good rapport with Jean when Mm -hmm. he, when he came to earth and Maybe Eliza will be able to get through Facet, maybe talk her down from whatever crazy scheme she's she's got cooked up. And speaking of John, I thought I'd point out, um, because I had to look this up, there's a panel where he is looking at, it looks like he's like looking at Kara's pod, and he says, uh, I'm probably going to butcher this, Haranmir? He says that, and I was like, what is he talking about? And apparently that is the curse that plagued and wiped out his green martian race his Mm. his civilization so there's something about that that sort of triggers that in his mind so uh i I wonder if we'll get to see more of what's going through hank's mind while all of this is going on and um i guess we we sort of briefly mentioned what's happening with eliza what did you think about that whole thing with her being confronted with facet facet like breaks into the house basically (laughs) It's not very nice. Um, I mean, it's interesting because, like, the, what she says to Eliza is, "Car is not finished growing yet," which is an interesting, an interesting uh, way to put something. I, I feel like it would just be hilarious, though, to have the next issue open with, like, Facet and Eliza sitting on the sofa just having tea, and like. Eliza clearly being terrified of this woman, but just trying to like have a normal conversation with her. <laughs> just like, I, I need to talk to you about your daughter and be like, okay, let me make some tea. Like trying to buy time maybe until, cause I'm sure she, she probably thinks that Kara, if Kara doesn't know yet that she, you know, she'd be on her way soon or something like that, but like trying to delay. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting proposition. Like would facet, sit down and talk this out with Eliza because facet has been known to be very, you know, physical and violent when she needs to be. And I, you know, I was joking about, well, I wasn't joking. I was saying, well, she broke into Eliza's house, but now that I'm looking at the panel, she literally breaks into the house. Like Eliza goes to the door to open it up, to unlock it and facet just busts the door down. So I, I don't know if we'll, we'll see a panel where Facet and Eliza are having tea and talking it out. But you never know. She, she may be civil. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know what she's going to need Eliza for. Is she, does she need her for information or is she just there to kill her? I, I don't know. And we also got to see 
uh, and one one of the things I liked about this issue was that we got to see a lot of Eliza because we haven't gotten to see her a ton on the show. We mm-hmm. we've we've seen her a little bit in terms of like the flashbacks with young Kara and young Alex, and we saw her a little bit when. Alex and, and John or, or Hank uh, went on their little mission to find Jeremiah, which got stopped because things were happening in National City and they had to go back. So we haven't gotten to spend a lot of time with her, but we did see a flashback in this issue. What did you think about that? Well, first of all, I thought it was kind of funny that Supergirl was only an average student. <laughs> <laughs> like she wasn't brilliant. But I liked that. I think it's it's it was just kind of a funny thing for her to be like, well, I wasn't valedictorian. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wasn't top of my class. Um, which is proof that even though she's, you know, she gets, she has special powers. She's, you know, she's not, I don't think she's, they don't, they don't say like, oh, well, it's just because she's Kryptonian, she's necessarily smarter than anybody else. Well, she does um, say she's top-ish of right, her class. Right. It's not the top. I mean... I mean, she probably, you know, graduated, what, like, summa cum laude or something. <laughs> Not quite, like, the top top, but... Right, right, right. She probably, she probably did okay. Um, not Maybe not average. Maybe slightly above average. <laughs> not straight A's. And, um, she, and she seemed to have more problem in oceanography <laughs> with pop quizzes. So maybe, maybe she was just really bad at one subject. Maybe, maybe mm. she was better at another... That's true. Other, other I, topics. But I liked it because I think it made her, I think sometimes it's easy to forget with Supergirl that, you know, she might be, she might be a superhero, but she has her, she has things that she's not so good at. (laughs) (laughs) Just like anybody else. She's not perfect, you know, just because she's a superhero, she's not perfect. So I kind of liked that. Like she's, she's kind of telling this little anecdote about how her mother taught her to look at things in a different way and, and look at, look at the smaller pieces of a puzzle and kind of figure out how they try to add up to the bigger picture, you know, rather than trying to take it on all at once. And so that's how she kind of maybe starts to figure out what facet is up to, or she's starting to come around to having some kind of indication potentially like she's putting together the pieces and then, you know, obviously facet just like breaks into the feed and <laughs> completely bulldozes over everything. She's just like, Oh, okay. I guess, I guess it was onto something. Um, <laughs> But it was nice. We got like a little flashback moment with her mom and little little life lessons that she kind of imparted on her. And so I liked that. They kind of they told a nice little uh, story and 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 found a way to tie it in and how it related to the to this to the issue. Yeah, and I think it not only relates to the issue, but as Adventures of Supergirl as a whole, because Car up until now has been kind of dealing with all the the little pieces. And now she's getting a chance, as we're going to the end of, of the series, she's putting all the pieces together and, and trying to form a bigger picture. So I thought that was pretty smart. Good old smart Sterling Gates <laughs> writing this very cleverly. I, I liked the, the payoff of that. And I enjoyed the um, the Easter eggs that were in this that I... I had to do a little digging because there were things that stuck out to me that I was like, this sounds familiar, but I need to look this up. And one of them was uh, Kara makes mention. We get a little more backstory about her. She says she uh, went to Stanhope College. And in the pre-crisis era of DC Comics, Stanhope College was where Linda Lee went to school after graduating from Midvale High. But... 
post-crisis, Linda Danvers went there. Um, and I, I thought that was a really nice way to tie back into former versions of Supergirl in the comics and have that be a, a continual thing that happens with Supergirls, that she goes to stint. Like, that's, that's where Supergirl goes to college. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that. And uh, the, the DC Wiki <laughs> uh, mentioned that Stan Hope's team mascot was actually Comet the Superhorse. So, uh, so <laughs> I, I, I want to know if you, if you buy like a Stanhope t-shirt, like I want Stanhope t-shirts to exist so I can buy one right? that has Comet, oh. Comet the Superhorse on it. Uh, that would be really cool. And Eliza makes mention of a Professor Potter and that seemed familiar too. So I had to look that up. Uh, Professor Phineas Potter is a professor of science and is uncle to Lana Lang. And he's also uh, famous for being a supporting character in stories featuring Superman and other related characters, but most mostly in association with Jimmy Olsen. And um, Phineas Potter first appeared in Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number 22, which was in August 1957. So he's been around for a good long while. And... Uh, he uh, this is this is what the wiki said he frequently concocted various wild inventions with which both aided and confounded the likes of superman so uh i I thought that was neat that eliza danvers had an association with professor potter so that was cool so i i i I like sterling's attention to detail i think he he must get a kick out of putting all of these these Easter eggs in there and, and paying homage to some of the history of DC comics. So well done. <laughs> and, uh, we got a new artist in this issue. Uh, what did you think Carly of the art done by Emma Viacelli? We've talked before about there's some issues that kind of don't really follow a very linear format, at least in terms of how the panels are laid out. And I felt like this too kind of gave a nice variety of, you know, it, it starts out kind of straightforward and very simply. And then as soon as the um, signal comes through from facet, you see the sound wave in the background. Yeah. So like as Kara starts to hear it, she's like, what do you hear that? Like it's in the background of the panels as they're talking and she's talking to Hank and Alex. And then it gets louder and completely takes over the background and you know, as she's overwhelmed by it, which I thought was really cool. Or like when, when facet, uh, I mean, not facet when rampage breaks out of her prison and the edges of the panel are all squiggled, like it's the vibrations. Oh yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Cool. But things like that, or like when she's passing out, there's these like kind of diagonal panels that get smaller and smaller and smaller. Like her vision is, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a cool page. When, 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 when Alex is taking on rampage and she's just like slowly starting to lose consciousness. Like I thought that was a cool way to, to show that she's, you know, like maybe her field of vision is starting to, to close. Yeah. And so. one of, and one of those panels looks like it could be Supergirl's point of view because yeah. she's, she's seeing rampage and Alex, like, and it's almost like you can sense like her, her helplessness at that point. Cause like she, she wants to be able to help, and do something. And, uh, yeah, that's cool. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Or they like in the beginning, she's drinking tea at the DEO. And then in that panel, you see that the mug is smashed. Oh yeah. That's one of the things I really liked about this one was that there's sort of like a little narrative that goes throughout the issue with the coffee mug. 
Mm-hmm. Like it starts off with Kara drinking the mug at the DEO and then she's she's in the flashback with Eliza. She's drinking coffee out of a mug and it's like helping her solve her problems. And then when Rampage shows up at the DEO, the the coffee mug starts spilling coffee out. And then when Supergirl's knocked out and watching Alex uh, stand off against Rampage, the, the mug breaks and all the coffee spills out. So I don't know. I couldn't decipher what that was really like what is that metaphor is it like (laughs) those are (laughs) i was like there's a story being told with this coffee mug and i i guess maybe that's just like her her she's she's her problems that she's she's able to solve them in the flashback and then the problems come and attack her and then um just start spilling everything out and it's just kind of chaos so I don't know. I thought that there was a little metaphor thing going on there that I guess you could interpret a lot of different ways. Um, and one of the things I also liked about this issue was the little attention to detail with the family pictures on the wall at uh, at Eliza's house at the Danvers home. There's a picture of Eliza and Jeremiah. There's a picture of Jeremiah and Kara. And I th- I'm pretty sure it's Kara because it looks like there's a little red cape or blanket in the picture, and I thought that was really cute. And it looks like there's a picture of all of them, Jeremiah, Eliza, Alex, and Kara. And then there's a Kara, uh, Alex picture where they're sort of like high-fiving in the air. So I, I like that. It's it's nice to be reminded that there was a time when Kara was little that she had a stable home life. Like she had a foster mom and dad, and she had a sister. And, you know, now that's, that's a little different because Jeremiah – may or may not still be alive. We st- we still haven't seen him as of yet. But, uh, you know, Eliza is not very... She, she's around a little bit, but she's not there for her everyday life that we know of. Um, but, you know, she mostly um, has connection with Alex now. So it's nice to see that, you know, to be reminded at one point when she was growing up that she had an earthly family who took care of her and loved her. And so I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was cute. I like the, I like the little picture, the 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 way that Jeremiah is drawn in the pictures with his little like his cute little facial hair and his glasses. I thought that was really <laughs> cute because I was like, oh, it's like it felt very, it felt very much in the spirit of the Dean Kane Jeremiah that we yeah. know from the show. So I thought that it was just cute, but it was also a little sad because you like there's like the one picture of just him and you're like, Aww. yeah. And it was and, a little bittersweet. And the, and the picture of Eliza and Jeremiah together, I thought, was a little bittersweet, too, cause, mm-hmm. um, because that must have been tough. You know, I'm, I mean, I, I have a, a mom who, you know, my dad passed away 10 years ago. And so it's, you know, there's an adjustment period when when you are married to somebody for so long and then they die. And it's like, well, what do you do now? And so I'm sure Eliza went through that. And so now that sort of makes me excited if Jeremiah does come back and they are reunited, what will that be like? So that I like that there's a little story that's being told with these pictures on, on, yeah, the, on the, the Danvers family wall. They're like uh, different ages. The girls are different ages in the pictures, which I yes. thought was cute. Shows a progression of of their life, and we get to see different different stages of where they were because— in the picture with Alex and Kara, it's it's nice to see. I don't know at what point in their relationship Alex was like, you know, it's cool to have this alien sister. <laughs> I don't I don't know what, I don't know when she would have done that, but uh, I know we've seen those flashbacks before when she was younger and she 
kind of didn't want to have anything to do with Kara at first. So uh, at some point, they become pals and, and become close. And my other favorite little piece of Emma Biacelli's art was the last page on page 22 of my Comixology, my DC Comics app. Um, we actually got a really good look at Facet. And I, I don't know if I had noticed it before. Like, I know we had sort of known that she was made out of diamond, but this image was very striking to me because she had diamond eyes and i i guess i hadn't noticed that before and i was like oh that is that is new to me and i i don't know i thought that was very it was very noticeable in this panel uh if it if it had if it had been there before i didn't notice but here it's very noticeable and sort of makes me wonder how she sees the world you know what does it look like to have diamond eyes you know how how do you see out of that so um uh, I'm now curious about Facet's vision. How does that impact her? And maybe she has special powers. I don't know. Maybe but, she gets a lot of fract- fractals. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. I don't know. Because they, can, they can't be like normal eyes. They have to be... I, I've, in, my, in my brain, she has like some sort of like vision power that comes from her diamond eyes. But I, I thought that was a cool, uh, a great look at Facet and, and her eyes. Well, uh, to wrap it up, what did you think about this issue, Carly? What are your overall thoughts? Well, we how many do we have left, right? It's, we're coming up on... Uh, I think we have two. I think there's a total of 13. Oh, okay. So, not quite the fi- almost to the finale, but... We're almost to the penultimate. We're almost to the penultimate. I know you like that word. I like that word. <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> it's the pre-penultimate. Um, no, it was good. It's ramping up the... Uh, it's definitely ramping up the stakes because not only has Facet attacked Kara on her, like, I guess you could call it her work, her work life, because the DEO is kind of like her side job. But, you know, she's attacked her family, too. So, yeah, this time it's personal. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be I uh, I don't think Kara is going to be very happy about it. So I'm kind of waiting for that showdown. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm. I'm pleased to be right. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't often happen. When it's a it does, nice. It's, very it's a nice exciting. feeling. It's a nice feeling. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot. I thought it had a lot of good action. It had flashbacks that I enjoyed. I liked seeing Eliza in this because we, like I said before, we didn't get to see a lot of her in the show. So it was nice to see her with Kara and to see her part of the main action. So uh, there's a lot to look forward to in the next issue and to see where this all goes. So I'm very much excited about it. And, uh, I don't, I don't have any predictions. I don't know if you have any predictions because you seem to be the one who can see the future. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just excited to see what happens moving forward. Yeah. I think my prediction is kind of what I talked about earlier, just how I think fast is trying to groom Kara into be being, you know, this twisted, more powerful version that somehow maybe she thinks she can be and is doing that by eliminating all the potential distractions or things that could get in the way of that. Maybe we'll get an old-fashioned villain monologue with Eliza and she can lay out her <laughs> lay out her, her plan. Where she tells her that she says everything just for the purposes yes. of the audience. Let Eliza know what she's really there to do. Yep. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Adventures of Supergirl number 11. 
If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Adventures of Supergirl is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, iBooks, Google Play, the Kindle Store, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. As far as keeping up with us, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And you can check us out on Spotify. We have a literal Supergirl Radio over there, so check out our playlist. And you can also listen to us on Google Play. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. We are also part of the DC TV podcast circle. So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and the DC movies, subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV podcasts on Facebook. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid, that's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D, and watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod, that's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. You can also find me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane, C-A-R-L-Y-L-A-N-E, and I am weekend editor at The Mary Sue, which you can find at themarysue.com. Well, join us next time as we continue to go on the adventures of Supergirl.